With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You got to look at like Mike Trout being on the Angels, potentially the greatest player of all time, and he's probably not going to win anything. Otani's got that leeway. He's going to be a free agent. Where do you think Otani ends up? I think it's going to be like a really like under-the-radar team. He's definitely going to be in a big market. I know he wanted to play on a coast. That was his whole thing when he when he came here originally. There's been some, you know, chatter about is what's Heim planning? Is he sitting back this offseason so he can just throw an absolute heater package together to get Otani? And especially getting Yoshida as well. Yes, yeah. Kind of pairing them together. A little duo, again. yeah. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to The Dugout. We're here with episode 16. Um, as you can tell, AJ's not with us today, but you have me and Ben. We're here to talk baseball with you guys, and yeah, we are got a few things to talk about. One off-season move, it's been pretty quiet. We have another top five teams for you guys as well. But uh, yeah, I mean, before we get into the baseball stuff, Ben, I'm not really much of a football guy, but Bills, Bengals, what do you, what do you feel about what that? What a game. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. I mean, I don't want to say upset, but definitely not expected at all. Yeah. Uh, Joe Burrow's that guy. Uh, hopefully he finishes the finishes the deal, but yeah. No, no. No, you're not. not a fan? What is your football team? I'm a Herbert guy, so I got to stick to my oh, guns. You are, you are a Chargers fan. Yeah. Can't have that. I really don't watch too much anymore. I used to be a big Brett Favre guy, but... I haven't paid much attention since. Alrighty, so we're going to be doing the top five Blue Jays of all time, in our opinion today. Um, I will start here with the number five spot, but I'm surprised we haven't done this one. Uh, we're almost done with all the teams, but I'm surprised this one got pushed so far back. So yeah, uh, getting right into it, the number five spot, we have Jose Bautista. Um, we all know, we all know this guy, we know what he can do, what he did, uh, the big bat flip against the Rangers in the, uh, the postseason there. But, um, at the time when he did get traded to the Blue Jays, I don't think anyone expected him to develop into the star that he was at all. Um, Not I at mean, all. yeah, six time all-star, um, he hit 54 home runs in 2010, uh, huge part of contributing to the team, especially back, uh, in their back-to-back ALCS appearances. But, um, yeah, the dude was – he had fire behind him. I mean, we all know that. Uh, when he got beamed the next year by the Rangers, that was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Rugnet Odor, the big punch. But, yeah, I mean, just looking at his uh, Blue Jays stats alone in those 10 years, 4,364 at-bats, 790 runs, 288 home runs, 766 RBIs, 56 stolen bases, and a batting average of 253. So I think number five is like the best spot to put this man. And we were going back and forth in our group chat what we wanted to put uh, the order. But yeah, number five, Jose Bautista. Just what a, I mean, what a peak he had, huh? Like he had a great like four or five year run. Like he's not, he's not ever going to be a Hall of Famer or, no. or even mentioned in 
probably won't even be on a ballot, but in terms of just like dominant peaks, like even Donaldson too, uh, like True, that's yeah. a guy we didn't even talk about for that. But just in terms of like short dominant peaks, like that, those Blue Jays teams were so like the order of Bautista, Donaldson, and Encarnacion. It was such a fun team, and then even Jose Reyes too. Like those teams were so yeah. much fun to watch. Um, moving on to number four, we got Dave Steeb. Um, like again, it's a very like not very well known name. Um, accolade wise, didn't have too much. Uh, he's a seven time All Star. He has an ERA title, uh, fifty six career award, which is right around the Hall of Fame threshold. Um, I'm assuming at this point he's. I don't know if he ever was on a ballot or if he was. He he's not on it anymore. Um, but three point four four career ERA, hundred seventy six wins. Um, just a very not well-known guy um and he had a long career as a as a blue jay um in, in terms of that franchise just a just a staple of that franchise uh, i'm sure i mean i'm sure plenty of blue jays fans know all about him and how much he meant to them but um just a again like it, it's just a not well-known guy yeah i'm gonna be comparing him a lot to our uh, number one pick here for sure but mm-hmm. yeah i mean like you said not a well-known guy at all um I'm going to be honest, I didn't know him until we looked at this top five list. But, um, yeah. Uh, moving on, number three, we had Roberto Alomar. Um, you go online, look at all the top five, like, Blue Jays lists and all-time greatest players for the team. He's, like, listed one. But I'm glad yeah, uh, Ben brought this up. Yeah, I'm glad Ben brought this up because I actually changed my mind here. Um, yeah, he was only with the Blue Jays from 91 till 95. And, I mean, with – the time in the team, I mean, two World Series championships, and both were with the Blue Jays, which kind of gets him on this list, I'd say. Uh, he was with a good amount of other teams, but yeah, they were back-to-back uh, World Series championships. Uh, played with eight other teams, and yeah, even after the Blue Jays, he signed with the Orioles and led them to two ALCS appearances yeah. and uh, won the 98 All-Star Game MVP award. So, I mean, yeah, he's he was a really solid player, but just not with the Blue Jays for too long, so think that's why uh falls there at number three for sure yeah i mean to his credit though the the four or the five years that he was with the blue jays were peak of his yeah. career um i think everyone associates him with the blue jays um and just the numbers he put up in those in the short years he was there was ridiculous um moving on to number two we got carlos delgado which i feel like a lot of people don't associate delgado too much with the blue jays um I do, at least. Uh, he spent a bulk of his career with them. Um, 44 career war, 473 career homers, 280 batting average, 2,000 hits. Um, just one of the most pure power hitters of his time. Um, two-time All-Star, he had three Silver Sluggers, and he won a Major League Player of the Year. Not an MVP, but a Player of the Year. Um, had 145 RBIs in 2003, which is incredible. Um, 1,500 total RBIs. Um, yeah, I mean, just... Not much to say about Delgado. Again, I think, like, I feel like the a common theme with a lot of these top fives is like Delgado feels left off of a lot of uh, conversations, um, and I feel like he definitely deserves to be in them. He's just short of five hundred, which which definitely sucks, but um, just one of the better power hitters of his time. Yeah, I mean, I think he should easily be on this list. Uh, he was definitely most prominent with the Blue Jays. Uh, he was with them the longest, obviously. And he holds the world record for uh, home runs by a Puerto Rican player with 473 mm-hmm. MLB record. Mm-hmm. That's kind of cool. Um, he's one of six players in MLB history to hit 30 home runs in 10 consecutive seasons. It's a big one. And uh, Incredible. 
Yeah, I mean, I'll just try and read these. This is insane. During his time with the Blue Jays, he's he set so many team records. Uh, home runs, RBIs, walks, slugging percentage, runs, total bases, doubles, runs created, extra base hits, uh, times on base, hit by pitch, intentional walks, and at-bats per home run. So, I mean, this guy's just easily on this list for me. Easily. And Incredible. That's I actually insane. did That's a... Insane. Yeah, I did a video on him. I do like greatest bat flips of all time for our short form mm, content. He has, yeah, yeah, he's got and some he, good ones. It was, uh, I don't know where it was, but it was he hit four home runs in one game, so it was one of those, one of those home runs. So yeah, the dude was a uh, he was a beast. So easily on this list for me for sure. Um, yeah, moving on to number one, Roy Holiday, Doc. Uh, Time, personally, this, I mean, this might be a hot take, but I'll always think of him in a Phillies jersey. I don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe it was the year he was traded. He was just so dominant. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, I said myself, but I'd put Roy, uh, it's it's tough. With with Dave, Steve, I mean, I compared them a little bit. Um, Steve has 175 career wins as a Blue Jay. Roy has 148. So, I mean, Uh right behind him. That's where I was, it was getting tricky for me. Um basically identical eras steve had 343 roy had a 344 um i'd say what makes roy better here in this situation um he never steve never struck out 200 batters in one season roy's done that three times i think so i mean Mm -hmm. that Mm kind of leaves it right there for me but yeah roy Roy had uh, he had his Cy Young as well in 2003. Yeah. He was fully capable of striking out 200 in a season, like I just said. Um, yeah, I mean, just what a beast. I mean, I feel like uh, not a lot of people talk about his Blue Jays uh, career. No, it's always his, Phillies. Yeah, it's yeah. always. That's why. I mean, but yeah, he was he was really really dominant with the uh, Jays. There's just not much to say. Um, one of the best pitchers of our generations for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just definitely as a J, like definitely don't really, you know, remember him in a, in a Blue Jays uniform. And I mean, it's probably due to the, the Phillies postseason prominence when he was there. And then obviously as well as the, the no hitter in the, in the, uh, playoffs too. Yep. Um, and then just recency bias as well. I think, you know, a lot of us remember watching baseball in 2009 more than watching it in, you know, the early 2000s. So Definitely, definitely not remembered as a Blue Jay. But, I mean, the bulk of his career is in Toronto. And, you know, you know he's got a Cy Young both in Toronto and in Philadelphia. Um, but just what a dominant pitcher. And it's just yeah. so sad the way he uh, left us as well. But For sure. 100%. Just an incredible player. That, I feel like, rests in peace for sure. But a lot of people might not even know that. So, there mm. you go. Uh, top five Blue Jays. There you guys have it. Um Leave your comments below if you agree with us, what you would change up. But, yeah, we're actually going to be doing a uh, newer segment, not really new. It's similar to our Hall of Fame or not. But uh, before we get into that, we never really let Ben introduce himself to the podcast, um, which is pretty, I don't know. But I want to. I definitely want to talk about, you talked about you played baseball in college. Uh, so just how'd you, how'd you get into all of this basically, you know, the video, I know you're a video editor as well. Now you're here on the mm-hmm. podcast with clutch points. So yeah, just whatever you want to talk about, go ahead. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I've been video editing since I was 14, just kind of as a hobby for fun. Uh, I did a lot of work with the Oregon football team for a while. Um, really? uh, not, not affiliated with the team, but you know, the players would, would hit me up and you know, we'd, 
make whatever tapes and whatnot. Um, and then got to school. That kind of slowed down. Uh, I was obviously playing baseball in college. I played at UMass for a few for a couple of years. Um, I mean, it was a good experience. It's definitely something that like I'm glad I I did and like went through. And it was definitely cool like going through the recruiting process. And I mean, I you know I've played baseball my entire life. It was my whole life. Um, but it's just different, man. Like once you get there, it's it's <laughs> yeah. a whole different thing. Like because you know growing up, like you're always the best kid and you know you're you're told how good you are and you get to college and it slaps you in the face that yeah you, like you're not very good um right. and you got to learn that pretty quick um but no i mean it was such a cool experience the places i got to go um you know just the competition got to face as well um and then we had two draft picks um during my time there um but no i mean it's a super cool experience super glad i did it um and then in terms of this, uh, you know, some of you guys may know the company Lumberland. I was there for a while, interned there, and then transitioned to full-time before uh, it ultimately shut down. And then, uh, you know, good friends with uh, another guy at Clutch Points, Dante, that you guys may know, um, yep. transitioned into this role. And uh, now I get to talk about sports for a living. So yeah, it's, it's a cool gig, but it's awesome. It's great. It's great. The, uh, the Lumberland stuff, when I first came to Clutch Points, it was funny because – um, I watched like all the Lumberland videos. Like I saw you guys, I saw Dante all the time and now just like Dante mm-hmm. popped up in like my first meeting with clutch points. It was hilarious. Yeah. I'm, like I watched yeah. you guys. It was, it was funny, but um, I know, I know you, uh, it's super you, weird. Yeah. You said you, uh, you were a catcher, right? When you, you were playing in college. I was. Yeah. So yeah. You, you remember like any, I would any, never... uh, any games, any like anything specific, like from the team, like any moments or like on the field or off the field that really uh, sticks out to you that you remember? I think the biggest one is we played Georgia right before COVID. And that was at the time they were the number four team in the country. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And we weren't very good at all. Um, And it was the weekend before SEC play for them. So like that was, they were ramping up and they were, you know, they were getting ready to go for SEC play. Um, and they had, I don't know if you've heard the name Emerson, Han- like there's another Mariner that we might see in a couple of years, Emerson Hancock, he was a sixth overall pick and just watching like that guy pitch like ground yeah. level, like in the dugout, it's just, oh my, like you don't realize the talent that's out there and it's just so different. Like you're, you're around all these like D one athletes and you know, yeah. you play so many other teams in your conference and across the country. But like when you watch the number six pick overall, like in person, it's it's not there. It's a whole different class of, of player. It's just you you question like how a human can do things like that. It's yeah, it was incredible. Sure. Um, so I think that was definitely probably the coolest thing. And then just like the depth they have, like you know it it was sixteen to one on Saturday. They put me in the game, and I'm going up and facing like yeah. their like freshman reliever who like probably wouldn't you know he'd be an ace anywhere else in the country. And he's, you know, the last out of the pen for Georgia. And it's just like the kids, like the kids, like six, four, he throws from up here, like throws me a fastball. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm not, I can't touch that. And then, you know, it's like a, it's like a full count. And D one, like you'll see guys that can throw off speed, full count, like pretty well, but like, it's not, I mean, it kind of depends on the level. But this kid snaps a curveball from like first of all it's up here so it's like coming out like he's like 
it, that's seven feet high. Yeah. And it just looks like another fastball. Ball goes straight into the dirt. I swing. I look like an idiot. It just, <laughs> oh my goodness. It's, it was, yeah. I mean, just being able to like see the talent across the country and, and be able to watch and like witness good baseball in front of your eyes. I yeah. think that was definitely the coolest part. Yeah. That's, that's definitely awesome. Cause I'll always just like talk with my friends, like imagine you're in the batter's box, like against like any MLB pitcher, like you're not, oh I'm not going to be able to swing at any of that. And you're just oh like, my God, no. you're in the dugout in college and you're just surrounded by, you know, potentially former MLB players. So, I mean, yeah, that's, that's awesome. Couldn't, different breeds. There's, there's different breeds out there. It's wild. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, yeah. If you guys did not know, Ben played baseball, so there you go. Um, awesome to hear a little background about him. Moving on, we will talk about our newer segment. So, like I said, we, we usually do Hall of Fame or not, but uh, this week with AJ not being here usually hands us the names for that. So we decided to uh, go ahead and do players that we should that should be in the Hall of Fame, that we think should be in the mm-hmm. Hall of Fame, and uh, we picked two mm-hmm. names each, and, yeah, we'll just – go right into this i wrote a lot down for my two names so ben if you want to go first go ahead all right well we'll open it up with you know oral hershiser um i was i was doing some research before this and i was honestly a little surprised that he wasn't in the hall of fame um obviously off the ballot by now um so going through the accolades he's got a cy young three-time all-star he won a world series with the dodgers in 1988 Gold Glove, he won a World Series MVP as well as the NLCS MVP. He has an ALCS MVP, also as a Silver Slugger as a pitcher, which is pretty cool. Um, but, I mean, 56 career war, he kind of, you know, he's it's not crazy, but it hits the threshold. 204 wins, 150 losses, 3.48 ERA. Um, there's just so many seasons though, that he led the league in, in different categories. Uh, I mean, he led the league in innings pitched three years straight from 87 to 89. Um, and then in 88 had 15 complete games with eight shutouts, um, had a, had the best win percentage one year. Um, it's just, it's very odd to me that he is not for for how we talk about Oral Hershiser and and for how well he's known and recognized as one of the better pitchers in the game it's just very shocking to me that he's not yeah. a hall of famer um and and I can un- I semi understand why because of you know the the numbers maybe aren't there um you know he's got 2000 strikeouts 3100 innings pitched a 1.2 uh career whip um it's it's still just very it, it's still a little weird to me. I don't know. I, I I would love to be in that time when he was considered for the Hall of Fame and, and kinda see and try and realize why he wasn't, but um definitely a guy I, I think that should be in there because there's definitely pitchers in the Hall of Fame that don't have the career he has. So um I'm rolling with Hershiser as my first one. Yeah, really, really shocking. I mean, just doing the research <laughs> research for this segment. And you're just looking at all these players that you really thought were in the Hall of Fame, but they're just not as yeah. blows my mind. So, yeah, very shocking. Um, well, me being the biased Yankees fan, uh, the first oh, name man. that the first name that came to my head was uh, Thurman Munson. Uh, rest in peace, of course. Just went out tragically, plane crash. Um, but yeah, the the biggest obstacle for him, I feel like, was uh, 
one sec, let me scroll down here. Like the the era that he played in of catchers. So I mean, mm-hmm. uh, that's like late '60s through like early '80s. There's just some really great catchers. Um, Munson's peak WAR is eighth best among catchers all time, and three of the seven players in front of him: Johnny Bench, Gary Carter, and Carlton Fisk. So some big names right there. And his peak yeah. WAR. It's tops among any catcher who has been eligible for the Hall of Fame, uh, but has not been inducted and exceeds that of 10 catchers that are already in. So the numbers were sort of there, even though his career was so short. Um, and yeah, so Munson, he he best might, he might have been like not fully Cooperstown a lot. I can understand a lot of people saying that just because of the short career, but I feel like he was yeah. similar to like how Mike two different positions, but I feel like it was similar to how Mike Mussina's career was overshadowed, uh, sort of by mm-hmm. Pedro Martinez. Um, like I For said, sure. just all the, all the catchers that were playing and he was yeah. also great in the postseason as well as postseason slash line of three, three fifty seven, three seventy eight, 378 and a four ninety six, uh, regular season slash line two ninety two, three forty six, and four ten, And, um, if you really want to get extreme, I actually compared him a little bit to Buster Posey, who I think is going to easily be in the Hall of Fame. Um, mm-hmm. Posey, 1,371 career games. Munson, 1,423. Had more career games. Uh, 158 career home runs for Posey. Munson, 113. Posey, 1,500 career hits. Munson, 1,558. So, I mean, neck and neck right there. Uh, both yeah. won one MVP award. Both won Rookie of the Year. Munson has two more gold gloves than Posey, and uh, Posey has one more World Series ring than Munson. So comparing him to a guy like Posey, I mean, we'll see him in the Hall of Fame most likely. So why not Munson? Yeah, I I agree. All right, so I'm rolling with another pitcher, um, and we're going Johan Santana. Um, I mean, just one of the most dominant pitchers of his time. He led the league three times in the ERA. Um, twice in innings pitched, twice in games started, three times in strikeouts. There's he led in so much, four times in whip. It's it's incredible. The 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 season and the thing is too, he never really had a bad season. Like even his, his last year, um, you know, it, it wasn't great, but a four eight five ERA is you know that's average nowadays. Um, and I think it it had to do with um, injuries and you know. Just having a shortened career will definitely, definitely hinder him. Um, but, you know, in that, like, in the small, I don't even want to call it a small peak, but, you know, in the peak of, I would say, 2002 to 2010, he had two Cy Youngs. I mean, he finished top 10 four other times, which is incredible. Um, four-time All-Star, as I said, three-time ERA title. Um, he had a triple crown as well. He has a 51 career war, which, again, is just under the threshold. Um just missed the 2000 strikeouts. Uh, I mean, he just had such a great body of work as a career. Uh, he was so consistent every single year. Um, I, I mean, he just never, like, besides his 2000 rookie season, like, he really didn't have a bad year. Or, like, ever. And it, it's yeah. it's shocking to me. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I again, like, I understand why he won't be a Hall of Famer and, and is left off of the, out of that conversation. Um, but... It's just a shame to see because because during his time he was he was the guy like just such a great 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 pitcher um, and so iconic too I mean I think everyone 
knows everyone who watched baseball around that time knows Johan Santana and, and can watch him pitch in their minds. It's such a great player. Yeah, I feel like the consistency, I mean, that's like it gets overlooked yeah. at for a lot of players. Like unless mm-hmm. you're on an all-star level, Aaron Judge, just any big names, I feel like you're you're really not talked about, even if you're mm-hmm. consistent and never have bad ears. So yeah, yep. definitely something to look at. Uh the second person that I thought of uh, Kenny Lofton. On his career, he played 2,103 games with a career OPS plus of 107. Uh, looking at his OPS plus, it was definitely lower than most Hall of Famers, but he never really hit for power. So, mm-hmm. um, But uh, his average and on-base percentage, I think that's got to be looked at the most. He was a leadoff hitter, so he was being on base was like a huge factor. He stole 622 uh He's 622 bases in his career, and he was caught only 160 times. So, I mean, he was successful like 80% of the time stealing. Um, From his first full season uh, in 92 to 96, he led the AL in stolen bases each season. And then uh, he led the majors in 93, 94, and 96. Uh, Even in his final season in 2007, he stole 23 bases, and he was like 40 years old. Um, Defensively, he won four gold gloves. for the most part of his career, DRS wasn't even a stat yet. So uh, we could talk about the um, the total zone, I guess, since DRS wasn't there. Uh, it's not too accurate, but does the job. Uh, he had 115 TZ, and if you compare that to Hall of Famer Larry Walker, he, who uh, won seven gold gloves, he had 99 TZ. So there you go for that. And uh, overall, he was a six-time All-Star, R war of 68.4. And that war puts him at ninth best center fielder, and he's in the middle of Hall of Famers like Trout, uh, Beltran, Dawson, Snyder. So, yeah, I think yeah. just another guy that's not really talked about that much anymore. Yeah, I think he just played in an era where that skill set wasn't very uh, appreciated. Yeah. Um, I mean, especially like if you think about like 07, that Indians team. Um, and you think about them playing the Red Sox, you had guys like Manny, Big Poppy, you know, yep. players like that. It's just it's such an undervalued asset, um, especially coming out of the steroid era and then coming, you know, more to present day baseball. Just kind of that gap in between, like in terms of, you know, what players were, um, it's definitely forgot about because he kind of he kind of hit the overlap. He kind of went from the steroid era into the current day era. Um, yep. so definitely not appreciated as, as much as he should be for sure. Yeah. That steroid era just took over. So, <laughs> uh. well, there you guys have it. Those were the two names we came up with. Um, we didn't say Barry Bonds. That was, that was, uh, we something not. we talked about. Um, we talk, talk about a bit, a bit about him on the spot a lot. So I'm sure AJ's happy about that one. Cause he's <laughs> not a fan of Barry Bonds. All right, so to finish this up, we are going to talk about the uh, the recent offseason move. Um, ben, you want to cue us up? Tell us what happened. Yeah, that. so the Marlins traded for, well, they traded Pablo Lopez um, for Luis Arise. Um, there were some other names, but I don't even. There were some prospects in there, too. Um, I don't think they were too big of a prospect, uh, yeah. you know, in terms of, you know, in the farm. Um, but face value it feels like a very good trade for both teams um 
I think what that means is the Twins are very confident with Miranda going forward um, as another bat in the infield, um, and they're okay with losing Arise. Um, and maybe the fact that they don't think Arise is going to sustain potentially. Yeah. Um, again, like Arise, is, I feel is very underappreciated because he's not a power guy. It's strictly contact, and then especially in this era now of of you know batting average doesn't matter it just hit home runs yeah um it feels very undervalued um for the marlins though i don't i don't know it's it doesn't make that team any more competitive um i think they're very happy with alcantara uh obviously um and i guess they're gonna roll with you know rogers and see if rogers bounces back and then i think braxton garrett's gonna probably end up you know in the in the, in the rotation this year as well as edward cabrera so I think they were confident enough in their pitching prospects and, you know, just young pitchers in general um, to make that move. And maybe they also felt that Lopez was, you know, that was a career year for him right. as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, f- I feel like it's a fairly even trade. Um, I think for Minnesota, it brings you an ace because they didn't really have an ace. Um, yeah. And then, you know, it just I don't know. It's it's a confusing trade to me because now you have Jazz in center field. Yep. Um, who is kind of your franchise player. Yeah. yeah. He hasn't played center field. He's your franchise player. And yeah. not only did they move him, like he willingly moved himself, which I guess mm-hmm. is fine. I mean it's it's cool. Um it's just uh it's just a little odd. I, the Marlins are very committed to win now, and I just I don't see that trade really helping them win now especially in that division with the Mets and the Phillies so I don't yeah I don't know it's it's a it's a good trade but at the same time it's a bit of a head scratcher yeah that was the obviously the biggest thing that sticks out is moving Jazz over there to center field and then I saw I don't know if this is like their projected lineup but Joey Wendell at shortstop I don't Mm mm-hmm that makes no sense to me. I feel like that shouldn't happen. He's not even an average third baseman, in my opinion. So just throwing no. him in shortstop. He's already 30-something, too. I think he's yeah, like 33 now. But um, the Arise part, that pickup for the Marlins, if he continues to contribute like he did with the Twins, yeah. um, he's only 25 yeah. years old, and he's under control yeah. until 25, 2025, I think. So yeah. um, that's pretty solid. I don't know how old Pablo Lopez is. He's probably like I early 30s, stay. maybe. I want to I'm say look it up. Um, I hope I spelled that wrong. He's 26. He's 26. Oh, really? He's a lot younger yeah. than I thought. But um, yeah, like you said, I mean, really even trade. Uh, the Twins definitely need pitching. Like last podcast, I said, why not just throw the minimum at Trevor Bauer? Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure still do they could. do they still have a Sunny Gray? The Twins. He might be a free agent. Uh, I want to say... Or I think he's a free agent next year. But He's still on the Twins as of right now. I always like Sonny Gray. Obviously, he was a Yankee, but... He had a pretty solid year last year. Yeah. Uh, 308 ERA, 24 games started, um, 8-5. Wasn't that's not too bad. But... uh, The Marlins were... uh, Go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, I think I like the Twins' bullpen. I think if they figured out the rotation, yeah. um, 
I think they'd be in a better spot. They do have, um, I don't want to butcher his name. Jordan Blaskovich is coming up. Is he a up. prospect? Um, yeah, and they like him a bunch. And then they also have, um, who is, he pitched this year for them for uh, a couple games. Um, Joe Ryan. Did he uh, who, recently uh, come up? Yeah, he came up a couple for a couple games last or more than a couple i think um and he actually pitched pretty well if i remember um yeah i mean he went 13 and 8 last year the 3-5 era so um pretty solid for them and uh you know he's a young younger guy well he's 26 as well but um prospect wise he's he's uh younger um yeah i mean just looking through the twins all right so palazovic is their 16th prospect but uh, really, looking through their uh, prospect list, there's not many pitchers. It's very short side heavy. They got Brooks Lee and Royce Lewis, obviously, um, and then you kind of hit a bunch of the pitchers, and they're all set to debut this year. So I, I feel like they have a lot of faith in. They have a lot of faith in what's coming up pitching wise, and I think Pablo Lopez was the start of having a solid block to build it all around. And then obviously they have Duran right. in the bullpen who was incredible this past year. So I don't know. The twins might, could be a decent team to watch if things pan out for them. Yeah. hundred percent. Royce Lewis, is he, did you just have the uh, prospect list for the twins? Is he like ranked second? He's not their top. He's he? second. He he was up this year and then he, um, towards ACL. He was doing decent oh, yeah. as well. Um, who's their, uh, who's their top? Brooks Lee. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. I don't know, man. The Twins, they got – I feel like they should make, like, another move or something. Because they definitely well, want to contend. I think they're banking on – so because now you have Miranda at third, Correa at short, and I think they're banking on Lewis being back at some point this coming year. Because he, yeah. he tore his ACL very early in the season. But to start the season – he because he only played 12 games. But he was hitting 300. With two homers, uh, 550 slug, 867 OPS, which, like, as a rookie, like, is very promising. Um, and all of his minors numbers are, are are very good as well. So, I think trading Arise was uh, yeah, was, just showing confidence that yeah. Lewis is going to be back at some point and that he's going to be there for the future, which, I mean, he was, a, I believe, a number one overall pick. Yeah, he was in 2017. Um, so, yeah, I... I I don't I guess I don't hate the Twins lineup as much as I thought I did. Um cuz you got Miranda who was very good as as a rookie this year. Um you get Correa back. Uh mm-hmm. you can plug Royce Lewis in. Even if you don't plug Royce Lewis in at the beginning of the season, you have Nick Gordon to play second base. Um who again like another like younger guy, he was a top pick. I think he's fifth overall pick um in like 2015 or something. Um, who like had a decent year. I mean, it wasn't anything special, but it was a good year. Um, and then who did they have at first? Well, I, Miranda played some first too. Um, Arise, Arise played a bunch of first as yeah. well. Um, and they still have Sano, do they not? Miguel Sano. I have no clue. I don't know. I could be I'd wrong. assume. I don't I know what other wrong. team he'd be on. <laughs> um. It, oh my god they have jorge polanco too completely forgot yeah, about that dude. yeah um yeah i might not hate this team as much as i thought i did um did they re-sign gary 
Or is he still a free agent? Nope, he's a free agent. A bunch of Yankees still fans want him agent. back for some reason. Not really sure um, why. And then again, like like Kirilov was a great player for them. If he bounces back, that's a that's another great bat. Uh, Larnick's showing. Yeah, uh, Max Kepler too. If he's not Kepler traded, too. I mean, that, yeah, yeah this is a well. solid team. <laughs> they they really don't have. Yeah, they still have Sano as well. This team isn't as bad as I thought it was. From uh, a, admittedly kind of off topic from like a twin standpoint buxton's like always injured he's obviously like that face of the franchise for right now obviously but do you see correa you know kind of taking that over making it his team because we only saw correa with the twins for one Mm. year i really think he's gonna like step in be this leader and kind of take. yeah because i think i I feel like it's different this time around because last last year when he signed it was very much this is you're here for a year yeah and it's a it's a stepping stone to get paid um and now that he's here long term, he'll probably have a bigger role as you know as a face. But I think Buxton yeah. still stays the face because he's, sure. he's I mean he's the homegrown kid. I mean he's dra- he was a first overall pick for them in 2014, 2013. Um, so he's definitely I think would definitely stay as the face. Um, I really hope Byron Buxton can put a full season together because yeah, dude, his numbers would be silly. That's just absolutely silly if he can put a whole his whole season together because that guy is has all the talent in the world. Like he, when you talk about like five tool players, like Byron Buxton's a five tool player. Um, so if he can stay healthy for a whole season, not even a whole season, if he can stay healthy for if he can play 140 games, I mean his numbers last year in were were in, in, insane. He played all right, yeah. so he had 340 at bats last year and hit 28 home runs. 28 home runs? 28. That's silly. And he was silly. out for like... In 2021. 2021, he played 61, hit 19. Okay. So, yeah, he's, he's always really... he played 39, hit 13. Like, you're averaging a home run every three games. Well, he was just an all-star, too, last year, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he was, Mama's yeah. Spouse. His first so, yeah, half he, was incredible. When he's, when he's out there, yeah, he's consistent. And his deal that he signed in, I think it might have been 2021. I think mm-hmm. it's seven years, like a hundred million. So that's not that, that was an extension. So that's not bad at all, in my opinion. No, if he can, no, if he stays it, yeah. healthy, that's that's a huge W. Yeah, he signed through 2028, 700 mil. Um, he did. I mean, he especially is looking at like Correa's deal. Correa signed. Correa signed for what's Correa's six years, two hundred, and I mean he has a history of injuries yeah. as well. So yeah, Buck, yeah. this really makes Buxton's deal look really, really good. I I really want to see a full year of Byron Buxton because we haven't even gotten to the the closest we got to a full year of Byron Buxton was twenty seventeen, and in twenty seventeen he wasn't nearly the player he was now. Right. Um, he had he you know played one hundred forty games at two fifty three. Um, had 16 home runs, 29 stolen bases. Jesus. Um, just, oh my goodness. That was rookie like, year what that you're talking player. about, right? 27, no, 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 no. This was third year. Third year. Yeah. Um, and then since then he's played 28 games, 87 games, 39 games, 61, and then 92. Like he hasn't, he's played over a hundred games once in his career. Yeah, we'll exclude 2020 because it's you know, a yeah, shortened season, obviously. Um, but that's just like, like when you talk about like Degrom being hurt and like uh-huh. the talent he yeah. has, 
like Buxton's very much up the same alley. Like one of the most talented players um, in the league, and especially at his position. If he could stay healthy nearly, just I mean, double the time that he's hurt. Like yeah, we could have been looking at a Hall of Fame career, quite honestly. Easily. But I mean, most likely well, out the window now? at this point because he's got to be. He's getting old. He's yeah, getting dude. old. I mean, he now he is now twenty nine. That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Korea's Korea's right around there. I'd say he's like twenty something, late 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 twenties. But I mean, that's the thing with boxing. Like, even even when you're like thirty three, like let's say you lose a step, like you still slide into a DH role. Oh, yeah. and you can still do damage. And then you take, so what, you, I mean, you take the the pressure off getting hurt as well on the field. Um, man, what a wasted talent he could end up being. Well, yeah, I mean, it, I I see it going two ways. I see the Twins eventually calling, you know, Royce Lewis comes back, and then, you know, these other prospects start coming up. They got a solid team, and, you know, maybe they contend, or the other way it's going to go is Correa and Buxton are going to be injured all the time, and they're going to be like that duo. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Waste of talent. I mean, I think, we, most likely, I think most likely scenario what we see this year is – they're a wild card team. I don't even know if they could be a wild card team though, because yeah. of the AL East. I mean, it's that's tough. the issue. Yeah. And then even the, the AL West now. Um, I would say it's fifty-fifty with them and the Guardians, but I still like the Guardians way more. Guardians are young, um, like the whole. And the team Guardians, is young. and they still have farm yeah. players to come up. Like, yeah. So it's tough. I I don't see the Twins winning the division. It's definitely gonna be the Guardians. I think the Twins can manage to get themselves within a wild card spot. I don't know if they can finish it yeah. with like a team like the Rangers or the team like the Mariners, um, or even the Orioles or the Rays. Uh, definitely not the Red Sox this year. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's I feel like it's division winner bust for them because they're not they're they most likely won't make it into the playoffs otherwise. Um, and even if they did, it's probably just another first round exit yeah. to the Yankees, um, as we've seen like twice in the past five years. Um, Definitely the Twins just always feel like a team that are so 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 close, and they just can't do it. Like it's just like it's like the Rays, like yeah. they get so close every single year. You feel decent about the Twins, especially because they're in the weakest division in baseball. Would we say? Yeah. 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 Um so you feel like even with the roster they have like it doesn't have to be as special as it needs to be. They just have to get hot at the right time and and play well in the playoffs, kind of like the Guardians did this year. Um It's just they're always I don't want to say it's a disappointment for them because they're not hyped up. Like it's not yeah. like every, it's not like people are disappointed when the Twins lose, but they're always a team that's on the cusp. Um, and they just they just can never do it. I, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but yeah, hopefully Correa shows up and kind of steps into a bigger role and you know has a has a Astros esque year in him. Um, and if Buxton can play 120 plus games, Lopez pitches well. Yeah. Like, I think they could be a solid team. Uh, talking about just waste of talent with Buxton. I mean, not really similar at all. But I mean, you you got to look at like Mike Trout being on the Angels. Just yeah, potentially the greatest player of all time, and he's probably not going to win anything. Otani's got that leeway; he's going to be a free agent. So, I mean, 
But where do you think Otani ends up, dude? It's it's not gonna. I don't think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be like a really like under the radar team, like something mm. ran like the Rays, something really random. Cubs mm. maybe. I I think the Cubs have been targeting. But what do you think? I don't. I don't know about the Rays. I'm just, I was just something super random. No, I know. Um, I don't think he'd want to play in Tampa either. Like, I feel True. like he's going to want to. He's definitely going to be in a big market. Thing, he, he, I know he wanted to play on a coast. That was his whole thing when he when he came here originally. Um, okay. I mean, that's why the Sox were one of the teams. Um, people are. I'm not going to give my hopes up, but, like, there's some, there's been some, you know chatter about is what's Heim planning is he sitting back this offseason so he can just throw an absolute heater package together to get otani it could happen Wait, say say that again i think you cut out for a second the i was gonna say there's the there's been some chatter about about Heim like if he's been quiet this offseason and, and sitting back to to throw together a big package for otani um and especially getting yoshida as well yes yeah kind of pairing them together a little duo again. yeah it, that would could be it could be a thing it could definitely be a th- that could be like a big splash for the Red Sox and that that would in my eyes that would wipe out all of the wrongdoing Heim has done in the past and what he's been two, yeah years. what he's been talking about saying what it was the Devers press conference we were just talking about what he said exactly. so I mean exactly yeah. if he if he pulled that off and traded for him and then signed him to a long term deal. Or not even long term, but you know, a, a reasonable deal. In my eyes, I can't speak for all Red Sox fans. That would that would wipe everything out because not only is that another year closer to your prospects of you know Meyer York, um, and then another year of Casas development. Uh, Mata might be at you know up at that point as well, and then you know same thing with Bayo. That. That would be a scary team. The 2024 Red Sox would be a scary team. What's uh what's Marcelo Mayer's ETA? Is there like a time they think he's gonna I be? I believe up? 2024. Um, which honestly feels a little soon. Yeah, actually. Um, I mean he's only 18, but he has been he's been insane. Um yeah, career in the career in the minors so far, 280. 17 stolen bases, 13 homers, 53 RBIs, OPS of 888, 339 OBP. Um, he's growing into his power more and more now. Um, and he's a top 100 prospect in baseball. Um, he's in double A? I believe he just got the double A, yeah. No, See, he's in high think, A as well. So he's got a 2024 ETA right now. I think uh, Volpe's talked about just so much more because of how fast he moved through double A to triple A. And it was just like at the, I think it was at the See, end. See, I think Meyer's going to do that this year. I think that's going to be what Meyer does this year. Yeah. Um, And then now, like, now, like, it seems like now, uh, minor league prospect wise, like, triple A isn't the spot anymore to get called up. It's du- it's all double. All the good prospects are in double A and all the good prospects get called up from double A. Like triple A now very much seems like the cusp players that can't like, like a, like a Frankie Cordero. That's where those type of players stay. Like, right. Not really good enough for the MLB. Sometimes we need depth. Sometimes you'll come up. Um, basically just like the 27th man 
rosters what triple a feels like now whereas double a is like this the place to be prospect wise um so i think meyer jumps to double a um some Sox fans are like yeah call him up this year like i right. that would be stupid i mean that's what yeah. we do with dollback and that ruined him um yeah and i think like dollback like even was he like, like the top top prospect of he was a, he was time? he was a top prospect for us yeah. yeah um and then obviously like that guy sucks he can't hit a baseball <laughs> Um, and obviously no one will take him anymore either. So yeah, cause he has zero value. Yeah. I mean, Meyer, I'm super excited about Meyer. Um, I mean, he's just, all I'm saying I is Anthony can't... Volpe better be like the next upcoming of Jesus Christ himself, the way that everyone talks about him. So I don't know. He does that. He, they, I think he, my... has, he has the, what was it? Um, top baseball IQ out of all prospects or something. That's kind of promising. That's uh, it is. It is. I think, I think, I don't know. Like, I don't want to speak on this it's, because yeah, it's going to come off as yeah, biased, yeah. but like what the Sox got in Meyer was an absolute bargain. Cause Meyer was supposed to go first. Like he was widely regarded as the first overall pick. And then Heim got him at four, which yeah. is incredible. Um, yep. I'm I cannot wait for him. Um he's just such a tantalizing prospect. And he's like he's going to be the shortstop for the next 10 years mm-hmm. for the Red Sox. Like like it sucks now as a fan cuz the team is so bad and you know you don't have a shortstop and it's just seems hopeless but like you know he the um, one thing Heim has done is build a farm. Yeah. Mar- Marcelo definitely gives me I don't know if just speaking randomly but he looks lengthy in like most of his pictures like a lengthy shortstop yeah he gives me like Correa yes. vibes for sure yeah he is like yeah. that lengthy can dive and so yeah i think with volpe everyone's just talking about him because you know it's like the yankee story he grew up a yankee fan wants to be shortstop for the yankees just like Derek jeter um mm-hmm. so i mean i think that's just more looked at than his actual playing time really Everyone's just what so hyped hit for this that. Year? He, he hit two forty nine. He was last pretty year. solid. I mean, he had twenty one bombs, but two forty nine. But I, I think that know. was it was. Is that over double A and triple A? Did they like yeah, combine them? It, yeah, it was over both. Yeah, it was over both. Two fifty one double A, two thirty six and triple A. Um, stealing he steals and, bases and like crazy too. Yeah, he does. That. He had forty four. In yeah. double A, I mean, it's fifty total bags this past past year combined, which is kind of crazy. Um, I don't know. He's I gonna. Be, I I don't know. He should he should be a good player, but once again, like Yankees prospects, it's hard to well, say. Yeah. Um, At this point, it's like Yankees fans are gonna be upset even if he's like a consistent player because you missed like could have went and got Correa. Like everyone's complaining about some. Anyone can. I feel Something like the thing with Yankees about. fans is like every prospect is going to end up being disappointing because of how widely talked about. Exactly. Like Jason Dominguez is never going to be as good as people thought he oh, was going to be. Oh, probably not. The guy was like two years ago, we're sitting here talking about Jason Dominguez being the next Mike Trout. And I was like, why? What has he done? He's played in rookie ball, which isn't yeah. – or in the developmental league, which isn't even rookie ball. Like you're, you're playing like other 18-year-olds that were picked in like the 27th round. Like it's not – the competition isn't competition at that point. It's it's your own farm against guys, so you can get used to baseball and get developed. Like, 
that he's turned into a pretty good player now but like when you like as soon as you draw a mike trout comparison yeah it's it not. doesn't matter what you do because you're never going to be mike trout and mike they're going to be upset with that because someone called you a mike trout which you know isn't his fault and like i feel bad for him because of it because you know some writer called him mike trout and you know now that's what fans expect and when they don't get that they're going to be upset which you know it sucks for the kid but at the same time it's like you you just you can't you can't jump the gun on these kids that early and it, it, it sucks because it kills most of them um right would you rather have Gunnar Henderson or Anthony Volpe? Oh, dude. I don't know. I don't want I don't want to answer it too quick because we've seen Gunnar called up and just hit a home run first plate appearance and he's that is true. he's he is rated higher than Volpe right now, so I that mean That is true. I'll go ahead and say Gunnar. Yeah, but I think that has right I, that has more to do with ETA though as well. Um because yeah. I think he's just closer. He's just been he's yeah. been in the He's had more production. Um, I I don't know. I'm sticking with Gunner. I'm yeah, also I mean, just taking lefty. I'm taking lefty bats with how much righty dominance there is in the league now. Like I'm taking lefty bats. That's why I'm so excited about Mayer. Because um, lefty bats are so so important now, and there's su- there's been such an increase in like how good lefty bats are nowadays. Like it's it's just oh my god that gunner henderson is gonna be a stud yeah i mean with the short Absolute porch stud. too i mean yeah i'd pick gunner mm. being a lefty but mm-hmm. yeah um i don't know i'm excited for volpe uh dominguez kind of probably would have made sense to like try and get reynolds for him i know they wanted dominguez but i think they wanted volpe see that's the thing something. with like dominguez like that's a guy i would sell high on yeah yeah like like sure he 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 could end up being a great player but like at this point like is his value ever going to get this high until like a couple years into the majors like no probably not because he's such a highly regarded prospect and he has all the tools and he's a switch hitter and he's so young like yep. before he gets hurt um he had a great futures game this past year like he's been on a national stage um like until like hypothetically like until his second or third year in the league where like he's you know hit like 20 homers and you know hit 280 with with 20 stolen bases like his value would never be this high yeah as it is right now so i would dump him yeah i mean i i collect a ton of baseball cards so he was he was one of those prospects that i was gonna like really really invest in but i really Mm. didn't at all i think there's a there's a dominguez card back there you can't see it but didn't buy too many of his cards because you never know. Volpe, I actually did just buy a, a nice Volpe card. It's on the way. Oh, man. I'm ready. I'm ready for Volpe. He's got a – it's another thing. Everyone's comparing this man to, like, Derek Jeter. He's going to come up and be like, all right, now i got to play like Derek Jeter. i got to live up to that. It's got to be in their head. Well, I, wouldn't like, want, I wouldn't want my, like – No, you don't. Next franchise star shortstop to be Derek Jeter because that's not very good. No, I mean, yeah. Everyone, Derek Jeter's so overrated. I love Derek Jeter. Like Derek Jeter is like a Yankee I respect, and like I think everyone respects. Yeah, but he wasn't that. Guy. No, he, the numbers. Like if he was on any crazy. other team, if he was on any other team, no one would talk about that guy. Not a single person. Like if he was on yeah. the Royals, not a single person would ever talk about that guy. He was an average defender. I mean, he was a good hitter. I mean, he, you know, he had three thousand plus hits and whatnot. I mean, the power wasn't amazing. It was there. Um, 
but one of the most overrated players of all time, just because he played in New York, which which is sad. But um, yeah, I've never it's been just, as high. It's his story is more like that. Yeah, just more. Yeah, just for sure. Growing up, like Yankees being fan. the captain yeah. of the yeah. Yankees is is more important than anything he's he's ever actually done on the field. But like, yeah. dude, like the like the diving catch into the stands he made, like not that cool of a play. He caught it like he caught it ten feet in front of the stands and then dove into the stands after he caught it. Wasn't that cool? I think the I've uh, seen so many more impressive catches. This feels so bad talking about like in this way, but like the the flip play, I think that was always like a overrated kind of play there at home home plate. It was like a cool like like being aware play and whatnot, yeah. but like I don't know that that's definitely his best. Def- like the jump throw is not that cool either. I don't think I've seen so many other people make jump throws like in games. What's funny is like he was always he's always like did everything right in his career like Mister Perfect, and then he's uh one vote off of being anonymous in the Hall of Fame. That's kind of funny. I would so much rather watch a Rod at shortstop than Jeter. But that's really? the thing. Like Jeter couldn't yeah. play any other position except for yeah. shortstop. Like an A Rod could. Jeter like, hated A Rod. I'm pretty sure when he came I, came to the Yankees. Yeah. They did. There was so much beef. Like, yeah, there's a, there's a, I don't think it's a full documentary, but there is like a 20 minute video on it. Um, it was pretty cool to watch, but it was just basically like just having like two alphas like that and two like massive mm-hmm. figures at the same time and like trying to steal the spotlight from each other. And like they handled it pretty well. Like it was never really like, it was public in a sense, but they never bashed each other. They never. It was never like, oh yeah, these guys definitely hate each other. It was like, oh, I think A Rod yeah. and Jeter hate each other. Um, yeah. I don't know. Jeter, Jeter knew. Life. Jeter knew what A Rod could do when he was coming over, so he probably got a little jealous, honestly. But I mean, that's the thing. Like Jeter refused to move for him. Yeah. Which I'm sure A Rod probably at the time didn't love because i think a rod probably knew and i think jeter also knew that a rod was a better shortstop than he was um which that's i think part of the reason also why i don't like Derek jeter as much is like i feel like we got robbed of like watching a really good shortstop play for a long time because jeter hogged shortstop which like fine like a rod is still a great third baseman but like such an amazing shortstop too and we never really got to see it after a certain point same thing happened with machado like they moved machado's a shortstop they moved him to third True. Yeah, I mean, I think the uh, if Correa was going to the Mets, that was giving me a lot of like uh, a Rod Jeter vibes to be honest. Yeah, Lindor there yeah. shortstop, but yeah, but I I think that's tough because like they were they're both like platinum glove caliber yeah. players. Uh, I don't think the beef like would Jeter be there. Wasn't. I think Lindor actually wanted him there. Like he told Steve, like, yeah, go out there and get him. Yeah, Lin, like is is Francisco Lindor Hall of Famer right now? I uh, I hate Francisco Lindor, so I mean, I'm gonna say no. I'm just gonna be biased. Why? Why do you hate him, dude? He's just the he told he hit a grand slam off you and then hit three homers off you. We're not gonna talk about that. We're not gonna get into any of that. We're actually running out of time. Actually, I love Lindor. Lindor's the man. No, but um. We got like really off topic. I wanted to circle back to the Marlins. Yeah, they're actually they're actually uh, interested in signing a uh, Guriel to play first base for them. Who was their mm. f- Who was their first base before? Wasn't it? Uh, I think it was Aguiar. Yeah, it was. So where's yeah. he at? Is he done? <laughs> he is now a free agent. See, I don't. Well, no, he was I'm on the still... Orioles most recently, right? 
No, I think he was the yeah. Marlins. I'm pretty. Was he? On he the was, and then this, then he played both on the Marlins and the Orioles this this year. I was gonna say because I had him on my fantasy team for some reason. Yeah, he was on the Marlins. But... Yeah. What did he? What was that? He must have gotten traded, but like I don't know what trade he would have been. A yeah, must part have been of. The Jazz. I just don't. I don't like Jazz being in center. I think you put a rise at first plate, uh, first base. Put Jazz at second, and then. Who's their Miguel Rojas? Is that their shortstop right now? No, Dodger now. Oh yeah, dude. Dodgers got him. Yeah. That's another Wendell. So, yeah, shortstop. I guess they kind of have to put Jazz. Just Joey yeah. Wendell at shortstops just ridiculous. That's yeah. I don't know why they don't play like John Birdie at shortstop. Like that doesn't make too much sense for me. I like they're both utilities, but Birdie's way more athletic. Um. They don't have any shortstop prospects. I don't believe either coming up. Um, I know they have, I mean, pitching wise, it makes a lot of sense now. Cause I, I looked over their, like their, they their pitching prospects. prospects. Um, I mean, Yuri Perez is going to be coming up too. Um, and then they also have Max Meyer. Um, yeah, they don't, so I mean, they really have Khalil Watson, but that whole Khalil Watson thing was weird. And he's not a, he's a 2024 ETA. And then he literally just like left baseball. This oh, dude, past yeah. I year. forgot all about him. Um, Oh, they have Groshans as well. I guess Groshans could play some short this year. He's a 2023 ETA. Yeah, I mean, um, I but yeah, pitching wise, they have they got Yuri, Max Meyer, and Sixto. Um, I'd say they won the trade then, to be honest. <laughs> all projected. I mean, Sixto has already pitched in in the yep. league. Um, I mean, Groshans has already been up, so hopefully he Sixto molds into Sanchez the everyday too, shortstop. Yep. Um, Yuri's at ETA 2023. Meyer pitched uh, this past year as well. If I remember correctly, he actually did pretty decently. Um, they, I mean, yeah, they have they have some great pitching yeah. prospects. It's definitely it's makes full sense, of pitching huh? prospects. Um, but yeah, shortstop wise, like they have a 2025 ETA. Cleo Watson, he had a weird situation this past year, but he's also a 2024 ETA. Um, so I guess if Groshan pans out, then, you know, he could be their, their shortstop slash third baseman every day. Um, but yeah, the Cleo, did you hear about the Cleo Watson thing? No, I was just going to say what even is that? He, uh, basically like he was having a pretty good year and then like started struggling. And then he, <laughs> he made a gesture at the, at a, I think it was the umpire, um, where he, pretended to shoot him oh <laughs> like during a game the head um, is either the umpire or the coach i can't remember which one it was and then he took like a leave of absence and i don't know if he came <laughs> back after that um so the dude so yeah probably very, insane yeah. very weird situation that happened with yeah. that um i mean he's a 19 year old kid too it's yeah, just that's... very, very <laughs> odd yeah, very odd because um, he was having a really good year and then i yeah, think he, he was... started struggling a bit um and then he just started having having issues i'm trying to find what exactly happened um yeah so <laughs> he, he... 19 so he, year old kid he grabbed headlines this summer by seemingly threatening to shoot an umpire for a called strikeout against him he pointed the bat at him as if it was a gun. Like what? Yeah. You can't. You can't. What's do this that. in? What is this double A? Like what's this even? Um, Probably doesn't say, but still. <laughs> there is a there is a video. 
I haven't seen this video before. Go ahead and watch the video quick. Get your uh, initial reaction from that. Oh, okay. Mind. Yeah, you just you <laughs> can't it, do that. No. <laughs> yeah, so they they kicked him off the team for a lot. Like they suspended him. I don't know yeah. if he came back after or not, but yeah, um weird situation there. So he's not going to be up for a while. Um I completely forgot all about him, and I'm usually on with prospects. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he was having such a good season, too. And then he did that, got suspended, and I, I don't know. I don't know what's up with him. All right. Well, we are, uh, we're running out of time, so we'll end off there on uh, Watson, or, uh, his little leave of absence. But hope you guys did enjoy watching this episode. Um, we always love talking baseball. Um, we should actually be having a guest uh, next week. I talked a little with Ben and AJ about that. But um, that'll be pretty fun. Um, won't say who, but yeah. Thank you guys for watching. Be sure to check us out on all social media platforms. You know, all our social media content everywhere, YouTube, Twitter, everywhere. So go follow Clutch Points and everything. Thank you guys for watching. I'm Drew. That's Ben. And uh, yeah, see you guys next time. Peace out. See ya.